Welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March, and I'm being joined by Jake Larson today. Mm-hmm. Can't leave. Can't leave I'm because changed. I drove you here. <laughs> that you can drive. You are 19. You are oh, an actual know. adult these days. Just as far as we know, some people might say. <laughs> some some people might say you're an adult. Some people might disagree. Some people might disagree. Um. So here's the deal, you guys. This is the time where we talk about the top two in hour two. Give me the old one two. And now, the Weekly Dish presents... Top two, top two. The top two... Pick your best two. In our two. Uh, give me two, with it. That's right. Two things that we both think are on our mind and, uh, as we like to say, kind of obsessed about. Mm. Um, do you want to go first? Sure. Okay, what's your first one? Uh, first one, I'm going to go for uh, Electric Light Orchestra. The E, the L, and the O. Yeah. The other uh, the other day, we watched Xanadu for my first time. That's right. Um, right, you guys. Two days later, unfortunately, Olivia Newton-John passed. Pour one out for ONJ, man. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been uh, listening to the Xanadu soundtrack and then just kind of put me back into the ELO flow. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've been loving it. I've been, been loving in. it. It's been, my, it's been my every day. It's been your every day. Yeah. A little bit of, uh, yeah. I know it's easy to get into it. Yeah. It's uplifting. It's fun. Yeah. It's a big sound. Jeff Lynn and the orchestra, the electric like or- orchestra. Mm-hmm. Gotta love them. Okay, yeah. good, good choice, good choice. Um, first thing I'm gonna do is my as my top uh, one is say happy birthday, Megan. Ooh. It's your sister's birthday today. Happy birthday, she is not a little girl anymore. <laughs> <laughs> She's a mom. So happy birthday, Megan. And hopefully y'all are feeling healthy and good and and, and having a good day. Yeah. Um, that's my first one. And then that's my sub first one. And then my first <laughs> one is actually going to be uh, Tosca, which is uh, a restaurant in Linden Hills I went to this week with my friend Tracy. Um, it is Adam Vickerman's restaurant that uh, is in sort of part of the Turtle Bread you know, thing. He had, you know, been a part of the restaurant before and Tosca went away. Like it was a restaurant and it went away and they kind of, they brought it back. Oh. So, um, welcome back. I know. Welcome back. And I went and hung out with my friend Tracy and we had, um, something that I kind of was digging a lot. We had a lot of good food. Um, but one of the things they had a, they had a sweet corn annulati, which is a great little sort of ravioli situation, but I have to shout out to the Parm polenta. You know, I love a polenta. Mm, yeah. You guys, this, the Parmesan polenta that, that we had there, I brought a lot of it home. Um, and it was, um, I use it at the, for like my pork base, you know, yep. I put a bunch of pork on it for lunch. So delicious and so beautiful. Really highly recommend it. The pastas were delicious there. The Caesar salad and the panzanella were great. Um, the dessert that they had, they gave us this little like pot de creme kind of a thing, which is like a little chocolate 
cakey thing in a cup Ooh. with a little caramel on top. And then here's the kicker. They put a fruity olive oil on the top oh. of it and some salt. Okay. That was it. Okay. That was everything. Just want you to know. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So that was it. So Tosca in Linden Hills, I'm giving it um, like a good nod for having it come back and having it be kind of some fresh vibes. Righteous. Okay. What's your second one? Number two, I'm going to be... Uh, a little series. Uh, I think season three just came out. It's a little show on Netflix called um, Love, Death, and Robots. Oh. Um, it's kind of a little anthology series. Every episode doesn't have anything to do with the others. Yeah. But they're all little kind of cyberpunk, futuristic, um, kind of little animated shorts. Okay. All really interesting. Um, it's a great show. Check it out. It's got some fun little... Love, death, and robots. Yes. And what was a, your uh, favorite episode this season? Can I ask? I feel this like season, you two. Oh, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't finished. I still have a few episodes to go this season, so it's it's early to call. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. One, Lexi. Uh, I liked. There was one that took place on a pirate ship, and that one was really cool. I thought they. It's a different animation team and different writers for like each episode. For each yeah. section. Yeah. For each episode. Yeah. So they can be. They're like wildly different. Like one can be like CGI, where one's hand drawn mm-hmm. and right. stuff like that. But Very cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's an awesome show. Okay, good. I have a double, <laughs> double uh, endorsement. I really like that. That's good. Um, okay, so my second one is going to be uh, Urban Walk, which just opened in um, St. Louis Park in the West End. I was at Cub and I popped over. It's right in that little. It's near the Cub by West End. Um, and I gotta say it was, um, I really liked it. So urban walk has been open in lower town for, you know, in St. Paul for a while. And then there's a couple other locations that they've opened. I think they're franchised in other States, but this is their second in state. And it's just one of those pick your own bowl things, which is actually aimed at you guys, the Gen Zers, you know, which is like, we just want it the way we want it. And we're not afraid to like walk up and go (laughs) beep, boop, boop. And like pick your sauce, pick your protein, pick your, you know, your things. It's a lot like, you know, everyone's trying to be the Chipotle of whatever the, the you <laughs> know, of the things. But I did like you can mix and match. Like you start with your you start with like your base. And I picked cilantro, yeah. lime, cauliflower, rice. OK. And that was actually I don't normally pick it because sometimes that gets a stinky. You know, the cauliflower <laughs> rice is like in the wrong hands can be really sulfurous. And that's um, true. That's true. It was really good. It was a really quick, fast Thing and then you know you add on your chicken and you pick your sprouts you pick your sauces, thought it was pretty great. Yeah, yeah, it was and it was like nice that it was like a nice hot you know hot and fresh. Yeah, good little thing. Good little thing to pick up. Mm-hmm. It's twenty bucks. Like the way that I had it loaded with all my stuff. I don't know right. how that feels. I don't know how people feel about that anymore. I don't know where like like everybody's feelings are on inflation and all the you know the price <laughs> levels of things. I know gas is yeah. going down, but but. I mean, what do you guys do priced at Sandcastle? Jake is a line cook at Sandcastle and <laughs> like Nokomis. Do you feel like you guys are priced? Do Does anybody complain about prices with you guys? No, we don't really get many complaints. No. It's, it's a beach shack. <laughs> it is a beach shack. Everyone there is having a good day. Yeah. How much is your BLT? BLT? Ooh. You remember? No, okay. I'm not on the menu. <laughs> no, you're just basically cooking it. So yeah. you're not really paying that much attention. Yeah. But I, I think we've. Yeah, no, I, I mean, a lot of people come to get our beer and such because that's a decent price, I think. Yeah, I've I think you guys that. have some pretty good prices on that. So There's a lot of things to offer there, too. Yeah, we've got a lot on tap. Um, got a lot. Uh, we get a lot of the stuff from Fulton lately. Yeah, you are. Um, right. Their seltzers are a big seller. Um, Here's a question yeah. on a hot second. <laughs> you guys, 
have had legal THC stuff happening in Washington for a while. Oh, yeah. And you're not 21, so obviously that's not in your... Never. No. <laughs> but um, there, are you at all interested in these THC drinks that are happening here in the Twin Cities? Um, well, the THC drinks have been a thing for a long time, um, but I... Not CBD, THC. Yeah. But not here in the not, Twin not Cities. Not here, okay, no, no, So no. you can get those in Washington? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I assume, but, I assume. Yeah, you I've can get not, them now here and like, but is that, they're non-alcoholic. Like, right. here's the deal. They're not allowed to be a boozy and THC. You can only be THC, you know, like Minneapolis Cider Co- Company has one called Trailblazer. I think Indeed just launched one, but they're not boozy, but they have THC between three to five milligrams in there. Sure. Is that at all interesting to you or not so much? Not really to me. Okay. Um, to your college pals, were they drinking THC stuff? Uh, most people I know prefer still to smoke it, but really, <laughs> gosh, it's so weird. The many ways you can sort of ingest it, I guess. Yeah. I think smoking is still the cheapest. So they, oh, maybe that's, that's what it. a lot of people will still go with. Okay. Um, but I'm sure if people have cash to throw around, this drink might be a cool, a cool option. And I don't know how much those are. Like I haven't looked to see what the retail for a four, for a four pack of cans is that we're going to do a little exploration of that and figure it out. Sure. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break and we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about um, an article was written about the loss of servers. And it Mm, sort of has it's sort of talking about some of the things that we sort of foreshadowed during the pandemic of what was the potential that could happen. I think a lot of it's happening and I kind of want to get your take on it as a Gen Zer about like what you think about it. And yeah. we're just going to talk about that. And then we've got some peaches, more peaches stuff to talk about. And uh, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is a weekly dish on my talk. One Oh seven one. I was just saying that I really like any songs that have whistles in them. <laughs> There's anytime someone's going to whistle through a song. It's a weakness. It's a weakness. I'm like, Oh, I'm jamming on this. I really like it. <laughs> yeah. I have a whistling thing. But I do. I have a whistling thing. I've got a thing for flute solos where you don't expect them. <laughs> I really do. Like like ambushed by a flute solo? Yeah. No, 100%. You're in. And then you're like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Flute solo? <laughs> down. Down for it. I love that. Uh, okay. So welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Steph. Jake's here. Mm-hmm. Giant baby, as he's known on the internet. Oh, my. Never, um, you're, never live it down. You're never going to live it down. You're Instagram famous as the giant baby. <laughs> um, so I was reading this article mm-hmm. and I saw it. So we've talked a lot about, um, you know, sort of during the pandemic, we talked a lot about it. And then during uh, the recovery and, the, and we there was a lot of things that we thought were going to happen or we thought about yeah. like, what is the world going to be? And I was just talking to somebody in the industry about how this summer is so strange because I feel like last summer we all thought everything was going to be normal and back and it wasn't because of the vaccine and weirdly, you know, it just wasn't really hot vax summer like we all thought it was going to be. <laughs> and then this summer it's sort of like things are back. People don't trust it as much. But there's also something about the fact that everything has actually changed, even yeah. though we're trying to kind of pretend that it hasn't. Yeah. And it's not changed in the way that we're still stuck. There's just the impact is slowly threading. And, you know, it's like we got sh- stuck on a on a timeline and that's the timeline that we're kind of re- realizing we're on. Mm-hmm. So one of those is the restaurant industry um, and the, the way uh, that there are still labor shortages and yep. the way that that is changing the way that we perceive service, right? Yep, right. So this article in the takeout says, what we lose when there aren't enough restaurant servers. Short-staffed restaurants 
<clears throat> can't create the community that a restaurant should offer. And this is an interesting piece on this, especially because a long time ago when we talked about what's going to happen is that what I was worried about was that people were going to be that we were going to see this divide and how the fine dining aspect, Spoon and Stable, you know, all these great, you know, fine dining restaurants were going to be fine. There will be servers there for all the time because servers will make the money yep. and the the idea of that they're going to take care of it because hospitality is so ingrained in part of that culture and they sure. can afford it because they're charging higher prices and it's just a more luxurious thing. But then what's going to happen is we're going to sort of gut the middle and that you're going to kind of we're going to lose it because you know, the middle places are going to be suffering and what they're going to do is they're going to try to like um, basically go into like this urban walk I was just talking about. They're going to instead of having people, they're going to default to machines. Right. And the QR code menus and it kind of streamlines the process a lot for a lot of people. So, yeah. How do you feel about that? Not entirely sure. Like I was at um, uh, Zenbox yep. the other day um, and they have still been using that. QR code or not even a QR code. I think they have a nice, like a weird little website situation Mm -hmm. um, where there's not even a server involved. Um, Like the server will come over, explain how it works, maybe bring you water. But um, there's noticeably a lot less foot traffic going on. Um, And there's just, uh, and this process is definitely streamlined. Like you just, you click order on the app and then when the food's ready, it comes out. But it's, um, it does Eliminate a little bit of the personable effect of the uh, the restaurant. Yeah. The, so this article is saying that uh, QR codes have replaced the menu handoff in many scenarios. Yeah. You might even be tasked with placing your food order via smartphone, meaning servers essentially become food runners. Uh, this per- person is saying, I've eaten at three restaurants in the past few weeks where the primary interaction with the server was to drop off my meal. In two cases, the dishes were just handed over by a prep cook. Or by a cook. Sure. Um, restaurant technology has become highly efficient and ubiquitous. A lot of people like it, especially if they're in a rush. But it's undeniable that human interaction has been a hallmark of dining out as long as people have been dining out. And so suddenly, um, it's there's an absence and you feel it. Now, your generation, you and Lexi both, are sort of in that space where, and you know, people who are even older than the two of you, but in that still... A little bit more technology is more part of your life on a daily basis and you don't mind it as much. Um, is that and like so like grabbing your smartphone and clicking on a menu. Lexi, what's your opinion? Are you OK with like doing the QR codes and all that kind of stuff? Is that like not a big deal for you? Yeah, I don't I don't mind it. It's nice. And like I, I think like I, I like having my time to look at it. So being instead of having someone standing right over away, you waiting. Yeah, it makes me a little less anxious even. So. OK. That's what I was wondering about that too. So that's, I think that there's a, there's a turn with that. I think the loss and what they're saying, and this is interesting and I would see what you guys would say, but the loss of storytelling that comes from that because it is turns it into inter, turns it into transactional versus having someone say, um, you know, like the time your server explains the flavors in a dish. Now, of course, there are plenty of skits on TV about servers who take a hundred years to get into like the nuances sure. of something that's a little bit much, but, you know, the common question of like, what's good here? You don't really get to have that. Yeah. And the the guidance of like, you know. What do you like? Like, do you, <laughs> like and if you are like, is this super spicy or not super spicy? You don't yeah. really get to ask those questions. Is that a loss for you, do you think? Do you guys feel that? Um, I, oh, sorry. You no, go, go ahead, Dixie. Oh, okay. Uh, I've been a server before several times. And I think like personally, um, 
I guess it depends on the restaurant. I think yeah. fast casual um, maybe wouldn't suffer from that, but maybe more of a sit down yeah. style restaurant. That can be nice. Some people, I like when they ask, like, what do you recommend here? Right. And I can go into that. But I feel like like lunch spots, fast casual restaurants, not a lot of people ask that anyways. They, they weren't so, doing a lot of asking. Yeah, maybe it's just down to like the type of restaurant. True. Jake, what do you feel? I, I definitely agree with that. Um, it does vary, but like... Yeah, for places where I'm sitting down and like I have questions, then I I'd, I'd rather not have to go out of my way to find somebody to ask them. To ask that question. That's yeah. the tough part. I think that's what we're we're really in this space of like we're saying that, you know, it's kind of splitting between, you know, a place where um, you know, there there's not a lot of interaction and there's that means there's a lot of lot there's a lot less information. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of like the depth of information, because you still aren't going to be like reading through a menu on your phone that has all this information, but yet maybe there's a, maybe it should be, maybe there should be a different way of communicating that information. And if you're going to QR code it and have to order from your phone, there should be some of those hallmarks, which is it should then indicate more than just like, well, this, you know, it's like a pasta stuffed ravioli with pumpkin and sage. It should say like a smaller portion, or it should say, this is a spicier dish or it's, you know, those questions that you would normally ask, like this is a vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, all that stuff. Um, but the other thing of it that is for me is that there is the, the harder part is that what we're missing without human interaction is quick problem solving. Like when you get a dish, they get drop it off. They may say, you know, they drop it off. They can't really do anything. Then you haven't had a bite of it. You don't know. You take a couple bites and you're like, this is undercooked or this is the wrong thing. Then you're left like looking for someone and then yeah. you're left like, and, it, and again, it's that impetus that you have to sort of fix the problem and yet you don't know who to go to. And then all the, kind of the whole pace, unless someone comes back and checks in on you, that's right. a problem. I think. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And like you were saying, a whole thing with Gen Z is um, not afraid to stand up to political powers, but afraid to ask for a refill. Yeah, you know? I was going to say, I'm the type of person who would like, if it's undercooked, I would just never turn it back in. If I get the yeah. wrong meal, I'll be like, this is what I'm eating, I I'm guess. I'm going to eat, this is what I guess what I'm dealt with today. Oh. Okay, we're going to fix that in you, girlfriend, seriously. All right, well, it was an interesting article, and I'm going to post it up, and we can talk more about that later, but we will take a quick break, and we'll be right back. <laughs> you gotta just let Lizzo go. Yeah. You just gotta let her go. It's hard to stop her. It's hard to stop her. She's actually unstoppable. Yep. Uh, hey, welcome hey. back to Weekly Dish. <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, how you doing? Uh, so it's Steph March, Jake Larson, yep. Lexi over here too. I've pulled her in numerous times today. <laughs> Poor Lexi. She was not aware that this was going to be a Saturday like this. Um, Hey, listen up. We uh, got an, a caller asked us what was the best tie in St. Paul and Minneapolis. <clears throat> and I'm going to say that my best favorite tie in St. Paul is Ann's Thai Kitchen. And that's just right on, I think that's right on University. And um, Ann's Thai Kitchen, like O-N apostrophe S, just a really homey, awesome place that is run by a family. And they cook their family meal, their family recipes, and it can get dang hot mm. if they let you. You have to kind of ask hot. for it. Yeah. You kind of have to go, can I get the dang hot? Yeah. And they're yeah. down for that. Yeah. Uh, in Minneapolis, there I have two, and one of them is actually Kaluna, and that's Anne Ahmed's, which isn't typically Thai, but it is sort of Lao, and it's that that area, but the food is very much like Thai food, but it is 
beyond delicious and like a very refined, beautiful sense of that cooking in that area. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's my, I seriously have never had a bad meal there. Really? And then the other one, I would say that Navia in, uh, Navia's Thai in Linden Hills is also very, very good for a little bit more traditional, sure. you know, Thai sense. So those two are kind of wonderful. I just wanted to make sure that we got that out for that color. Um, okay. We wanted to talk about peaches because yep. I bought some of the California. Uh, I have to tell you that I had Colorado peaches. I found them at, um, Untights, you know, my favorite little yeah. fruit and uh, plant stand in St. Louis Park, which is across the street from Costco. Um, and I found some great, uh, I found some great peaches and I thought, let's do some stuff with them besides the smeeches. And of course, you are my peach aficionado, having <laughs> spent so many times, so at many years the, on the peach truck. The produce exchange at the state fair. True. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what's the best way to get out of peach. So... <laughs> For me, it's always just take a paring knife, um, one hand, peach in the other. Yep. Um, do one slice around the the crease, the peach crease. Yeah. Um, you twist it off, and then uh, use one thumb to kind of get it on the top of the pit and yep. rip down. Okay. Um, you, I mean, you do this all day. You'll get <laughs> a scored thumb. A scored thumb. I, you have a callus. Yeah. Do you still have a callus? It's been uh, years. Yeah, no, but yeah. it's. They, I mean, like, there's still little lines in my fingerprint. Yeah. Um, just because of like, like, I never cut myself on the knife, but the, those peach pits are spiky. They are spiky. When you're ripping them out all day. You're gonna get. Did you cut. have a? You didn't have a glove or anything? I, I did. They would cut through the glove. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, no, it's um. Yeah. What did you do with Pe- the peach pits? Peaches are brutal. I toss them. They just go into compost or whatever? Yeah. So I did actually look this up while during the break because I was thinking about that. I think I'd wondered and we never talked about it. Like, what do you do with the pits? And stone, of course, they're called stones. Yeah. You know, like in nectarines and peaches. Sure. You know, they're, they're big. They're big. And um, they just talked a little bit about what do you do. And they said that the bad myth about stone fruit pits being poisonous um, and they look like they're not usable because people think that there's like cyanide and arsenic because right. there is a little tiny bit of you boil it down and cyanide in in like apple seeds. And there's a lot of these yeah. weird, you know, things he's like, but actually they infuse very well into any kind of fat. Um, it's what? a matter of crushing them. They give a similar flavor as an almond extract. Really? I know. This is totally new to me. So, uh, Jamie cool. Bissonette, who is got, who's a famous chef in Boston, uses pits to infuse bourbon and vinegar with a peach flavor. I realized that the pits had this great peachy aroma. We let it infuse into the liquor and the vinegar, and it tasted so much better than what when we'd use the whole fruit. This is a moment for me. You this understand? Is no, I my entire life I thought it was they were had that poison in yes, them. Yes, right. So okay, so here's the thing: is uh, so Bon Appetit. And this is like back in 2012. There's a Jamie Bissonnette um, stone fruit pit vinegar, which is basically you take uh, one cup of the stone fruit pits. It can be cherry pits, plum, apricot, peach. They all work well. And four cups of champagne vinegar. You put the pits in a clean glass jar. You cover it with the vinegar and you shake it and then uh, and then secure the lid tightly. Uh, you leave it at room temperature in a dark place sealed for three weeks. And then it can be used in salad dressings uh, or spooned over fish. What? I know! What? I know. And then there's a simple syrup stone fruit, one that basically says you take the stone fruit, a cup of the pits, and you do two cups of sugar, 
um, and you place all of those, you know, in a saucepan and bring it to a boil. Remove from the heat and let cool. Transfer to a bowl and use as like a as a stone pit syrup. Like you, you can use it in a cocktail. You can use it to flavor whipped cream. All sorts of stuff. I know, isn't it crazy? So then there's like cherry pit glaze. We have like cherry pits in our house. I mean, like Galore. I feel like <laughs> we run through cherries real quick. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And they gather. Well, we spit them off the railing a lot. So sometimes, yeah. They're in they're basically why don't we have cherry pits trees cherry <laughs> trees growing in our uh, yard? Why don't we have a grove? Why don't we have a grove? We really should. But here's the funny thing. This cherry pit glaze, this recipe starts with nine pounds of cherry pits. And I'm like, Ooh, that's Yeah, that's, easy. that's accurate <laughs> for our house. And then you do like a cup of red wine and a cup of sugar and handful of basil, maybe. And you basically simmer it in a saucepan and uh, you remove the heat, toss in the herbs if desired, transfer the bowl and cool it and then strain it. I think this is a great idea. Yeah. No, we should try this for sure. I mean, we'd have to wash them because they'd have our spit all over them, but that's fine. I mean, I'm sure other people would like deep, deep, like, you know, have one of those little squeezy things that takes the pits out. I, Have you ever seen one? No. Because we don't own one. That's, that's why. Pointless. You just eat it. <laughs> eat the chair. Put it into a thing and then wash it. Um, but there's a couple other things that I might put this up because I just had no idea that you could use that. Yeah. What's the, uh, if you were going to make, like, I'm going to just make you do a creative moment here. Okay. Okay. Like, what is a, a peach dish that you would want it? Like, you had so much peach living, like so many peaches that, you know, besides the one that you had to make where we grilled it, they grilled it. Yep. And then you put the. The sort of the cheese, yeah, the would, cream cheese, or the goat would, cheese. We, are, we would either do goat cheese and some herbs, or we would do um, vanilla yogurt and pie crumble. Right, which is also good. Um, what is a peach dish that you think that you would want to eat? Oh, my. I know. Um, you know, I've always... <sighs> Can you riff? I don't know. That's a hard, that's a hard thing. I know. Um, I don't think... I mean, you... So, something you... I, did you do it at Thanksgiving? You did, like, a little... Um, uh, peach and burrata situation. Yeah, that was powerful. I'd like to do something more with that. Maybe not burrata. Maybe with yeah. some. I maybe peach and gouda. Oh, maybe maybe a little cheese and fruit like Is that, that situation. No. What if we did like a? What if we made like a, a galette? You know, which is just like we take yeah, that yeah. like sort of puff pastry. What if we put the? Here's what I'm thinking. We do the slices of the peaches. We do. Um, the uh, like lemon thyme that mm-hmm. we have and put that over that and maybe some shallots even. Shallots? And okay. then, you okay. know, like dice up the shallots that I bought at the farmer's market, a little lemon thyme, a little peach. And then I would say like a burrata on top of that Okay, might be good. You know what I actually would do if we had Lexi's sage honey at that point, that would be the bomb on that situation. <laughs> I would totally be down for that. And it's because I don't really go like super sweet on that, but like a drizzle of a right. herbal honey would be good on that. Yeah, no, I can see that. I'm feeling that. But there's a lot of peach. Like, we don't do peach pie. We don't do a lot of, like, peach. No. When we get peaches, we pretty much just end up eating we them. We do. This is the problem. <laughs> we grill them. But I do think also for, like, a pork chop, if you want to have, like, you know, if you do pork chops on the grill, actually, if we did our favorite pork chops, which is we do actually pork loins and we do, like, the cracker crust, yeah. where I just dredge them in a bunch of rosemary crackers, crushed up rosemary crackers, and then, you know, you kind of do like a butter, a pan butter sear on that. And then you stick it in the oven. You know, it would be great with that would be a rosemary peach, a grilled rosemary peach situation. Okay. Like if you took rosemary and 
and kind of smoked it a little bit. And then, you know, like you light it on fire and rosemary smokes pretty easily. Sure. Sure. And so then, but doing it like with a grilled peach on top of that, I'd be down, you know? I'll try it. Yeah. I'm suspicious. You are suspicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The peach and pork, but. I see that. Pe- peach and pork feels like right. Like, yeah. and also like not the shreddy pork that we have. I mean, that's still okay, but I just think like, like a really good, like, like a good loin where it's like a good white pork, you know? Yeah. That sounds good to me right now. I would do that. All right. We got to try it. We got to experiment. Done, we, and then we got to get more cherry pits and we got to go plums and everything else. You, not, not enough plums in our life. You were like a plum man for a while. For a little bit. Yeah. Seattle has good plums. Yeah. No, that that was the the jumping point, I suppose. Yeah. Is we when we were in Seattle for my first time um, at Pike's Place, we were just walking around. There was just a guy with a plum and a knife. <laughs> and he was just slicing off bits and giving them people. And that was one of the most like flavorful and delicious fruit experiences I've had in my life. You literally like stopped and then like we had to go back and then we were back the next day yeah. to get breakfast sandwiches and stuff on our way out. You got a salmon lox bagel and I got yes. some plums. You got some plums. You're like, I gotta go back to the plum guy. Yeah. And that was it. He made an impact on me. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Those weird little food memories. I always think like, especially because you are my kid and like, I think about the things that we've eaten together in the past and I have no idea. What are the things that you'll collect? What are the things that make an impact? You don't know. And as parents, like we try to feed you good things, but we also try to let you have, you know, fun with food. And I just, you never know what are those impactful moments that make a difference. Yeah. And who knew that like a guy handing out a (laughs) sliver of plum in a market. Is that why you wanted to go to you always wanted to go to the Pacific Northwest before that. Though. Yeah, yeah. I had always had a draw to it. Um, but Plum Man, he really sealed the deal. Plum Man. <laughs> Market Plum Man. I yeah. do love that. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to wrap up the show. We've got some fun stuff uh, to do. There's some, and also, I, I kind of want to ask you about a birthday cake situation. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is a weekly dish on My Talk 1071, brought to you by Hornitos. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. We had a blast. Yeah, good times. You know, I got the kid up, and uh, he did really well. (laughs) Still waking up, but I'm here. I know. You're here, and you're in. I love it. Um, I wanted to let you guys know that the Shop Girls are live at Rosedale Center after this broadcast. So if you want to pop down to Rosedale and do a little school shopping, (laughs) that sounds gross. That's a thing. And not them, and not the broadcast, school shopping. People go. Do people do school shopping anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I'm in college. That's you don't not know. A thing I'm not shopping for you. You have to buy your own stuff, man. Yeah. Come on. Uh, but yeah, you can he- head down and go see them. And I don't know. I love the excitement of pre- of going like the shop before the school. I loved going to the mall and getting into that feeling of like, okay, I'm getting ready for the year. That's Who weird. am I going to be? That's weird. What well, was the 80s? And we really loved the mall. Sure. We loved the mall in the 80s. Let's be very clear on that. <laughs> um, but just to let you guys know that Jake is going to be back here next weekend. You were actually scheduled to come back next yeah. weekend on the show. Um, and then we're going to have, obviously, that kicks us right into State Fair, guys. It is so crazy how quickly we're going to have two live shows at the State Fair. It's just going to be like a normal Saturday. Each one, we're going to have a two-hour show. So there we go. Excited. I know. It's going to be fun. You'll have to listen from afar. I will. I know. You'll be back in school. But we're still going to eat all the things. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's talk a little bit about... What are we? Uh, where where am I? Where am I? Here I am. Um, okay, so basically, I wanted to cu- I wanted to have a quick discussion about the no churn banana ice cream. Yes, and you, and why we think it failed. 
Uh. <laughs> right? So basically, we tried a little no churn ice cream, which is basically, and we did banana because banana is your favorite. Yep. And we did super ripe bananas. We mashed them up. We mixed it with uh, a can of condensed milk. Yep. And then um, you, what you do is you sort of you hit a or you do you take like two and a half cups of cream and you whip it. Yeah. And then you fold them together and freeze it. And it just the texture is smooth. Texture is great. It's just the issue for me was the, um, I think the bananas were too ripe for my taste. For your taste. It was very banana-y. It was a little, so like when we make, when I make ice cream, when I usually do, you know, the custard version where it's the egg yolks and the sugar, and then you pour the cream in and then you put it, you cool it. It's basically a creme anglaise. And then you chill it in a chiller or like in an ice cream maker. When I do that, I feel like it's not as sweet as, I think that sweetened condensed milk, you have to be ready for that. And I was not ready for that, that okay. amount of sweetness. And I think that coupled with the bananas that I let go very far because I wanted <laughs> them to be sweeter because well, the longer sure. you let them sit, the sweeter they get. Yeah. I guess I wasn't planning correctly for that. Because for me, a, a perfect banana is like just still a little bit green. I know yeah. I'm weird for that, but that's um that's what my perfect that's banana perfect taste banana. is. And, um, and I remember you were saying that you thought it was the... Because like my whole that's been like the case my whole life, and you always thought it was the texture that I didn't yeah. really care for, but no, it's um it's a taste. <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy. It's just too. It's it, it's hard to even describe. Like it's a flavor that I would only describe as overripe banana. Yeah. Like I can't even identify that quality in any other foods. It just was not what you wanted. Yeah, because it's not like you run from sweetness. No. You like sugary things. Yeah. It's weird. What sort of trauma <laughs> did you have? Did someone snatch a banana in your face? Probably Matt. Probably Matt. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. Some older brother stuff. Some definite older brother stuff there. Um, uh, Shout out to Joey and Ryan, who are actual (laughs) twin citizens. I just want everyone to know that all of my boys are now living in the same city. And you're a part-time citizen. Yeah. But still, it counts. (laughs) Makes me very happy. Um, All right. So let's get to some stuff on the agenda. Uh, There is, if you're thinking about it, tonight... Uh, there is the Asian Street Food Night Market on White Bear Avenue. Um, that is happening. Oh, sorry, that was last night. Never mind. Just nope. kidding. Just kidding. Rewind. Rewind. Um, today, <laughs> le- letting you know there is, uh, is. Is this? Did I get this one wrong too? No, this one is true. Open streets <laughs> on East Lake Street. You no, know, open streets is where they close down. Right, right. This street, and you get to kind of like hang out and walk the street, which I love. Um, they're doing East Lake Street from Second to Twenty Second Avenue South, and that passes right by Midtown Global Market, which is just a great spot to go in and explore if you haven't been. Love that place. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's been a while since we've been there since Molly took her leave but um they've got you know they have a new slice pizza shop that just recently opened there um there's but they've got a live music stage right outside east lake uh craft brewery manny's tortas is in there we love manny manny it's been a while since we've seen him we're gonna see him at the state fair though of course yeah Yeah. no we better (laughs) we better so that's happening today uh from 11 a.m it kicks off in like 10 minutes not like they're gonna not let you be on the street, but you better not start without us. Better not start. Uh, so that's the good times. It goes until four thirty today. I'm not sure if it's going to keep raining today or not. Um, like who knows if it really will or not. Um, the other thing I want you to know about that is a that is a is a big thing is that out in Hutchinson, it is the Minnesota Garlic Festival. Like 
stinky good times. Everyone, like, the whole thing of, like, <laughs> garlic is stinky. I don't think it's stinky. I think it's just fragrant. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I think sometimes if you have garlic breath, that's another thing, but that's your whole thing. You guys, they have some really fun uh, things. They've got garlic kettle corn out there. They're going to have uh, a garlic Bloody Marys. That's going to be a big thing. They're going to do um, garlic soft serve ice cream. Uh, How are you I feeling about that? that? I want that. You do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're down? Yeah, no, I want to try that. Okay. They have euros with the garlic tzatziki, which I would just jam on, and oh, roasted garlic sauce. Yeah. Dang. Uh, pretty Great Cheesecake is doing garlic cheesecake. How do you feel about that? Less excited than I would be for the ice cream. Weird. Why? I Ice cream feels so much more versatile. I feel like since you, you, I mean, you, I've your, always with, done the weird ice cream with your basil ice cream, yeah. which was amazing. Yeah. Um, it was a better vehicle, but I feel like cheesecake is so pure. It's hard to taint like that okay. for me. Okay. Okay. I feel like it's hard to have anything but a sweet for cheesecake. Okay. That's my heart. <laughs> okay. I'm feeling that. I wonder how I can do a no churn basil ice cream. I wonder if I would have to puree the basil leaves and Mix that with the sweetened condensed milk. Like, it's definitely going to be... Because when I do it the ice cream maker way, it's usually just infused. Like, it's the leaves, the basil leaves are boiled with the cream. Yeah. And that gives it a really light basil sense. I'm thinking that if I did it the other way, if I pureed the basil leaves and incorporated that with the sweetened condensed milk, that's going to be super basil-y. What is it with you in the no-churn? I'm just into, like, learning how that's going to go. I think Hanson's doing a recipe on on it, too. So, we'll see. Well, if you want to get out to Hutchinson for Garlic Festival, that's happening all day. It's a, just a lovely little drive out into the western reaches, um, and it's put on by the um, the SFA, I think, which is usually the Sustainable Farming Association. And so it's it's a really good time. I really like those guys out there. So they've got some fun things. So that's always a good one to go see. Um, the Crow River uh, chapter of the, yeah, Farmer to Farmer Network of the SFA. Um, other things happening, um, uh, this is on Sunday night and this is a thing that I wondered about. We haven't done any outdoor movies this year. You and I used to go to outdoor movies we all used the time. To, like movies in the park. Yeah. So Brits is doing an outdoor movie night on Sunday. They're doing the Goblet of Fire, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Wow. That'd be kind of fun. I guess. Yeah. Watch the old Cedric Diggory. Get it. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler. Sorry if you haven't seen it. Damn it. <laughs> you ruined it. Does anybody it. not know? You ruined it all. Does anybody not know? Um, he must not be named as back. Uh, also interesting today, India Fest is out at the, um, state fair, or the state capitol. So they're doing this whole thing where there's, you know, henna painting. They've got Bollywood dancers. They've got a great parade. Um, they're going to have a lot of like Indian food. If you love like, you know, Southern Indian, we're big fans of best of India in St. Louis park. Yeah. It's kind of a favorite. It's a good little place. I know. Um, okay, that's about it. That's all I got for you. Is that all right? Yeah. Thanks for being here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hungry. You're hungry now? We have to go figure out where we're going to go quickly, eat something. Um, And you and I are going to V-Night tonight, so we're going to review that next week. We'll come back and talk about that. Excited. Excited. Lexi, thanks for hanging. Of course. Thanks for having me. We'll see you guys next Saturday. Ciao, ciao. Bye.